Hello and welcome back to the Adamsons Versus. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. We hope you enjoyed the last one, which was the Adamsons Versus the Dead French Woman. And that was a court case about a French woman that was legally declared dead. And in this episode, we're going to talk about more court cases, but we're going to talk about the, the high-profile ones that nobody seems to give a fuck about uh, in light of the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp case. So welcome to my co-host, James Adamson. Thank you very much, everyone. Nice to be here. Glad you've all tuned in. Uh, so yes, this episode is called The Adamsons versus The Celebrity Court Case. And we're just so, going Obviously, it's very topical at the moment. We've got the, the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing, which everyone seems to be quite shocked that Amber Heard's a cunt. Um, even though everyone could have listened to these voice recordings ages ago. But yeah, we thought we'd kind of talk... We, we want to talk about that a little bit. We've already we've already discussed this on our other podcast, The Double Real... Um, podcast page but that was um, that's because they're film stars isn't it and we were talking yeah, about it in that context they're film stars and we just wanted to talk about how it's affected basically his career he was kicked off the fantastic beasts sequel the third one um but now we're gonna that, that was back when it was more we kind of discussed it more when it was just a libel case between um yeah that was that was the one in the uk that was because of the sun she was a witness not an actual defendant in that one yeah yeah um, yeah so yeah, it's more sort of going to be about the dynamics of of the case itself. You know how the how the how the parties in the case go on and how the media covers it and stuff like that, which we haven't talked about before. So, um, and obviously there's lots of other celebrity court cases to for us to compare it to. So we can have a little look at that, and then we'll obviously get into the usual stuff that we kind of ramble off and uh, change the subject. So uh, I'm 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 sure you know the drill by now. Right. So for those who don't know. Johnny Depp was married to Satan um, after he met her while filming The Rum Diary. And they got married and they were together for about three years. Well, I don't know how long they were together before they got married, but they got they got married and then rather quickly divorced at the end of 2016. Um, and during that, there was um, a lot of controversy during the relationship. There was the whole Australian quarantine dog case. Um, where Amber Heard rather selfishly wanted to drag her dogs into the country without doing the proper quarantining before they visited there. Um, yeah, on that one, on that one, the story that came out was that she'd either fired or chucked off or done something to the member of staff whose job it was to file the paperwork, and then you know realised that these things don't happen by magic when they arrive in Australia, one of the most paranoid countries in the world about bringing stuff in you're not supposed to, and they didn't have quarantine paperwork for their dogs, so it all got very. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it all got very fraught. There was, there was like, they were stuck on the runway for a bit, weren't they? It was all, it was almost like a siege. Uh, yeah, they had to basically stay in their little home. Oh, I say little home, the little mansion that they were staying in. They couldn't let the dogs out until it was all sorted. Was that yeah, yeah. what happened? Yeah, yeah, that, could that, have been it. that was the first time you sort of heard about heard her about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp's relationship. That it was um, maybe a bit chaotic. I think yeah, like, it's it probably how you kind of thought. Yeah. So anyway, that 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 wasn't necessarily a bad thing, and then they got divorced in 2016. We thought, oh, okay, it must have not worked because it was. It, what was weird about it is that Johnny Depp was with Vanessa Paradis for donkeys. You know, yeah, yeah, he seemed very settled. Yeah, ages. yeah. And then they they weren't together anymore. He was with Winona Ryder for a bit. Um, and yeah, um, it was. It, it didn't seem like too much, and then it kind of it, it, the story about the reason they broke up kind of started to gather pace with regards to Johnny Depp being abusive, which it came as a shock to everyone. Um, we don't, I don't know Johnny Depp personally, and I don't know what 
well, I didn't know what apparently went on until the court case happened, but it kind of seemed like maybe this guy's just on a pure downward spiral. He's just, you know, he's hit his 50s and he's just gone a bit fucking do-lally. Um, but yeah, lots of nasty stuff was coming out. She, you know, claimed she was a victim of domestic abuse. She was posting pictures of the bruises that he was giving her and like absolutely um, battering her and stuff like that. And everyone was like, oh shit, Johnny Depp's got some real fucking demons in his closet. Um and it kind of, I think it changed them. I don't know if it changed your opinion of him, but it changed my opinion of him. Yeah, I think so. Stuff yeah, came out because yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to doubt someone because that's a real problem that we have in society. That we doubt the the woman or the victim in yeah. any kind of domestic abuse case. So it was kind of like, oh fuck, um, Johnny Depp's a bit of a cunt now, um, and it really tarnished my view of him because Johnny Depp's you know a very talented actor. And he's been in some of my favorite films, and it was it was kind of like, oh, I can't like him anymore for fuck's sake. So it was you know. It sort of changed my perception, and it was kind of he got kicked off of the the latest Fantastic Beasts film, and he was you know he wasn't making many films anymore. And he basically he was basically kind of blacklisted um, for the stuff that that went on, and then yeah, I mean the only <laughs> the only sort of note of kind of caution you might uh, have raised at that time is that people are really quick to like. Uh, distance themselves from people when allegations come out nowadays because you know it's a combination of so-called cancel culture which we're not really going to get into here because I mean there are a lot of complexities to that that I think we've done before Um, but also the element of a film doesn't want to be associated with someone who's got a bad reputation because it can be really damaging for the film it's like it's business it's it's usually a business decision Um, so it's like wow they you know sometimes you think maybe they've been a bit hasty and and you know that can like help to condemn someone that's one note of caution and the other note of caution is you know in an acrimonious divorce that's very public like that all sorts of mud is going to get you know, thrown, you know, like yeah. um, it, this didn't come to court, but when Angelina Jolie and, uh, and Brad Pitt um, divorced and separated, there was lots of mudslinging there as well. So the only note of caution you would say is people say some shit about each other in those circumstances oh, yeah. and, and films and big business can be very quick to go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to sponsor that anymore because yeah. I don't want, you know, it's not just, it's not worth the shit that you'll get for not being quick enough to kind of disassociate yourself from someone. So it was like Johnny Depp very, very quickly found himself a pariah as a result of that. Well, yeah, we've both been there and we've both, I think most people listening have had, you know, arguments and fallouts with people and the initial, I don't know if this is true of everyone, but the initial reaction to either a breakup or an argument is that you've been hurt you've been bitter and you you know you're not very happy to have that person you might be hurtful you might want to be hurtful towards that person that's it doesn't make it permissible but it's like an, it's like an almost a basic it, 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 human it, emotion it doesn't happen in every case but i think you, you know usually people may well look back on that moment and go well that's not representative of yeah. how i feel overall about things people can't you know People calm down after a while, you know. But it's a, it's it's like an instinctive, pri- it's almost primal, natural reaction to have, um, when someone's been, you know, someone's been hurtful to you. Um, you know, you want to, you feel, oh, you you perceive them as been hurtful to you. And, you know, in a divorce, things can get quite hurtful, and you know, I imagine there, there obviously were a lot of rows as we're you know beginning to discover. Yeah. Um. So I think that's that's why you got to take certain things especially with like divorces as like somewhat with a pinch of salt um yeah because you you know amber heard's obviously been hurt and um yeah i mean not to labor the point the idea is you're taking some of this stuff with a pinch of salt not because we don't believe victims and not because we don't believe women but because you know acrimonious high profile divorce cases can sometimes be like that it's not it's nothing personal do you know what i mean of course 
Um, so I think that's I, I think that's one thing you've got to take, especially when it's high profile, because there's always two sides to every story. But to get, kind of get back into it, there's a lot of stuff that got brought up, basically that he'd thrown a, an iPhone at her and it bruised her cheek or something like that. And then it came out that he'd sexually abused her, um, which is, you know, a very serious thing. Obviously, the hitting is serious, but even more serious than that is sexual abuse and, you know, the sexual assaults that Johnny Depp allegedly um, did to Amber Heard. So it was it was a very dark, you know, time for Johnny Depp. And I think the thing we're going to try and discuss a little bit is the kind of perceptions we have towards celebrities in... Um, in these kind of high profile things when they're called out for stuff that they've done because when if it's just some dick who's you know divorcing his partner it's you don't you don't have any i know we're not close to the guy but we've watched his films we've enjoyed his films whether it's pirates of the caribbean um or you know maybe you liked the willy wonka film that he was in but you know you develop an affinity for the guy because you you've enjoyed his films so you almost don't want to believe that someone you had respect for or admiration for ha- could be could do those things. Um, so that's I think that was the kind of whole shock of it all, that Johnny Depp was capable of doing these things, and it really did tarnish his career. Um, and I don't think people will ever fully believe. I mean, it, given everything that's going on, I think people are kind of turning against Amber Heard, but you know, people will always have this opinion of Johnny Depp that he was you know very fucked up at that time. But back to the point, it, it, basically, the general consensus was that Johnny Depp had done all these nasty things to Amber Heard, and then, um, the Sun published an oh, not the Sun, sorry, Amber Heard published an op-ed. I don't know what op-ed stands for. It's an opinion slash editorial. It's an American okay. phrase which we call for like a, an opinion column kind of thing. Oh, like a column. Yeah. So she yeah. published an article basically saying she was a survivor of domestic abuse, and rattled off all the stuff that Johnny Depp had been doing to her. And in the midst of all this, there's a court case where. Johnny Depp suing the Sun for libel because uh, they they published an article saying he was a wife beater. So there's a lot of there's a lot of high profile coverage on this. So she publishes this this article which details all the abuse, and Johnny Depp kind of went no 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 fuck that, and sues her for fifty million for defamation of his character. And and his and his argument I think in that defamation suit is is not just that he's you know he's not as bad as he's being painted in that article. But also that she has purposely written that to kind of destroy him. That she's done this as an act of revenge. Yeah, it's you know, and rather than you know settle for the divorce settlement, she's uh, which she got paid a handsome seven million pounds from. She's you know decided to slander him even more. I don't even know for her, for her own personal gain, I imagine. But I think yeah, I, th- what- I, th- I think it's fair to say when you started out calling her the devil, I think your your sympathies. You know, I think you, you know where where you're kind of landing on this is relatively clear. I mean, from from my yeah. for, for my part, I think there's an element of if everything she said in that article were true, yeah, um, I could see why she would want to be absolutely public about that and say, you know, this this guy is a fucker, and uh, you know, he deserves to actually be crucified for everything that he's done. So on the one hand, you would say, well, if everything she's done is true, everything she said is true and the way she's portrayed it is true, you could kind of understand why she'd want to go public about it. Yeah. But if but Johnny Depp's, you know, Johnny Depp's coming back saying, you know, I'm you know, I'm being absolutely shit on here, I'm being portrayed as the arsehole in a in a in a, in a situation which is simply much more complicated than that and and uh, you know, he, you know, he's brought out a lot of information in 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 his court case to say, hey, it wasn't as you know, this was by no means a simple case of me. 
being some evil monster and she being the terrified victim because, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that's come out showing stuff she did to him. Yeah, that's the thing that we both agreed that when we did it on our film podcast, shout out, Double Real Film Podcast, um, we basically kind of came to the conclusion that this seemed like a very toxic relationship. They weren't meant to be together. And with that toxicity, the arguments got very nasty and hurtful and abusive on both sides. We, we agreed that. Yeah, but, I mean, you say if we were to, you know, go on, again, we weren't eyewitnesses to anything that happened, but in, in weighing up what we'd heard, second and third hand, it was a case of, this sounds like two people who really pushed each other's buttons and both of them are guilty of of behavior that was inappropriate and I, you know it doesn't seem from that point of view like a sim you know look the, you know cases come out i mean it's a, a much less low high profile situation where there's a guy called Justin Lee Collins who's a who was a radio dj and film presenter he was kind of in long hair and a beard he was one of he was briefly sort of a you know, uh, sort of a TV personality, you know, probably of the same profile of like Tim Lovejoy when he was on the um, the Sky Football show. And it turned out that he had been, you know, stalking, controlling, abusing, and was an absolutely fucking terrifying asshole towards his girlfriend. And, you know, even the slightest thing of, you know, going out to the shops, he would like try to control her and stuff like that. And I think that was a much more clear-cut case of coercion and abuse. Whereas this was a case of, you know, some of the things, by the sounds of it, that she said he's done, she's exaggerated and left out the bit where she fucking sliced off one of his fingers and, and threw things at him and, 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 did, and you know, and it's, it's all a case of, you know, this is, again, it, I think I think the point for the court case is that all sorts of stuff has come out. And the interesting thing about the celebrity court case is that it's quite interesting, I think, isn't it, to see literally the dirty laundry of two very famous people being aired like that, isn't it? Yeah, but the the thing that the thing I think that's you know obviously got on Johnny Johnny Wicks, Johnny Depp's wick sorry is that he's he's hearing everyone basically slander him and he's being blamed for all of this and he isn't getting to put his side of the story. Is yeah, it? well, it's kind. Of, I think if if it had been a case of like this relationship didn't work, let's get a divorce and let's just settle it and get out of it, which is what the when you listen to the voice recordings, that's what Johnny Depp is trying to do. He's wanting to get out of these mm. unhealthy. Yeah. Um, this unhealthy circumstance, and that should have been the end of it. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was. Well, this is the thing. The other thing is that, like, in in, in there there are instances. It certainly doesn't happen in every case, but there are instances in divorce cases, famous and otherwise, perhaps less in the in, in perhaps less likely in famous cases because you can. Um, when you're famous and everything you say is going to be heard around the world, some some people maybe go, all right, even if I feel this way or that way about things, do I want this to be the news headline about me for the next 50 years, right? Maybe we just fucking walk away from it. Whereas people who are not quite so in the public eye will kind of have, you know, feel vengeful, just fucking go for it. But there are instances when one partner tries to keep the kids away from the other partner and says, I'm going to destroy you, I'm going to do this for you and that for you. And people can get very vengeful in those situations. And I think Johnny Depp's viewpoint of this is that she's basically said, how dare you? How dare you fucking want to leave me? I want to... And, and it's the... her Some people's response to the, you know, the, the trauma of a breakup is to say, I'm, I want to absolutely destroy you for what you've done. And I think in a in a divorce, the fact you've got lawyers and you've got people taking sides over it, it can be quite adversarial anyway. And I think in normal circumstances, a few years later, you're like, all right, well, you know, things have calmed down. You know, often oftentimes 
things calm down after some quite acrimonious times and it leaves a sour taste well, yeah, but it's calmer but... the thing is once once you've gone public and everyone in the world has heard Johnny Depp is a wife beater she kind of she's she's got no choice really now but to double down on it do you know what I mean like it's not just like that all of her friends think he's a bastard do you know what I mean it's now the whole world has heard this and she's kind of yeah. if if she has for any reason kind of exaggerated this to try and make him look bad and kind of hurt him for you know because she was you know upset over the over the breakup it's kind of it's too late for her to roll back and say all right maybe i was a bit harsh you know what i mean that is not no longer an option that but that can't even be an option anymore with no. what's come out in the voice yeah, recordings yeah. and all the confirmation of you know she shit in his bed she fashioned her um assistance uh rape survival story to fit her own narrative mm. she she deserves every pun- bit of punishment she gets that that's the problem with it now. It's not even a case of, you know, she slandered Johnny Depp. She is a cunt and was much worse than everything they've said Johnny Depp did. Like I, I, I don't know if people agree with that, but that that that's how it that that's how it is for me. She was shitting in his bed. It sounds like Johnny Depp was being nasty in the argument sense, but he's now been accused of sexual assault and, um, you know, effectively, you know, raping his his wife, and, you know, it's. She's getting off scot free for the things she did. She was shitting in his bed. She was chopping off his fingers. She was hitting him, and in the audio you can hear her say, "I didn't, I didn't punch you. I hit you as if it's okay." You know, now arguments can get nasty, and I'm, you know, a firm believer that if you're having an argument, you're having an argument about a thing, and nastiness can come with it, and all that kind of thing, and that's not acceptable. But the one thing that's more unacceptable than that is physically hitting your partner. So saying it with such justification means that I think she's a bit of a sociopath. Um. But the problem, the problem now is, is that this entire time everyone's been thinking Johnny Depp's a fucking, you know, he's a he's a rapist, he's an abuser, he's, he's sexually assaulted his, his his wife. How you know how can you how could someone like Johnny Depp do that? So there's this perception of Johnny Depp that he did everything wrong, and Amber Heard did a lot wrong. In my opinion, she did a lot more wrong than Johnny Depp. I don't know whether the sexual assault thing is is true. That's the thing. I don't. I and given like everything that she said since. I don't think anything she said is true. Um, it, it, you know, she's saying she that she's a survivor of domestic abuse, yet she was domestically abusing her husband. So, do I believe everything she said? Not really. No, I, I think she's just said this to slander Johnny Depp even more. She's an absolute psych- psychopath, um, with you know the intention of ruining her ex husband's um life. Um, yeah, th- we we have proof that she was hitting him with voice recordings. We have, um testament from the maids and people working in their house that she shit in his bed um we have you know confirmation from their assistant that she used a rape story from when the assistant was sexually assaulted and raped in brazil to make it out like it was her own story um everything she has said so far is making me question sorry everything that she said in the past given everything that's happened so far in this court case is now being brought into question and it, it does it does really make me think that Everything she might have said about Johnny Depp is a lie. Johnny Depp has come in, into the court and said, "Look, I was on, I was on opiates and I was on drugs and I was on al- I was you know abusing alcohol and, um, you know, I think that's part of the cross examination to make him out like he's abusive because he's abusing himself. But he's said that the only person that I hurt was myself. You know, <laughs> so the fact that he's being he's being honest about the things that he's needing to be honest about, and Amber Heard is lied about everything 
does make me think that she's an absolute liar. She's a cunt. I don't think Johnny Depp assaulted, uh, sexually assaulted her. I think they might have had very nasty arguments, but he's not. He's not struck me as a person who has anything to hide. If that and that, that yeah. might be controversial to some of the people listening and might not like to hear the fact that someone thinks she wasn't raped or sexually assaulted. But I think she's lying. I think she's made this up because she's insane. She's an extreme narcissist. She. Ugh, I'll yeah. let you talk because I'm not really angry. <laughs> and and the, the interesting thing about all of this is that the um, I think you know the reason why we're talking about the celebrity court case and not just about Johnny you know, and the title doesn't just say you know the celebrities versus Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp or whatever is that obviously it's the dynamics of the court case itself that are quite interesting here because essentially this has been played out in public and you know there isn't a jury of twelve people is there? There's basically a jury of like fifty million people whoever's listening in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but and when judge. yeah, you know. but but when but when you're the jury in a case like this, someone's you know you've been screened and you've been said, look, you know, do you have a, a strong opinions one way or the other of these people? Blah blah blah. How much have you read in the papers? Blah blah blah. Must have been quite hard to. I didn't follow the that part of the case all that closely, so I don't know how long they spent screening jurors. Do you know what I mean? But they they often in American cases where the where the paying the lawyers a lot of money, that can be as long as the trial. Um, and then the judge will say, listen, this is what you've got to do, and you get all these warnings saying this is your job. But if you're listening in on this case, you've got no responsibilities, have you? You just listen in. And I think what's happened is sides have developed in this in this court case, haven't they? Yeah. There are people who are Amber Heard supporters and people who are Johnny Depp supporters. And I think there's obviously a wide spectrum on that. I think some people have come down on one side or the other because they've listened and 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 on 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 the balance of what they've heard this is this is who they sympathize with in all of these things there are also cases where people will kind of support people for their own reasons uh, obviously to be fair mate i think you've listened to this information and you've you've come down and based on the facts that you've heard right uh, you know there's a, there'll be a spectrum of reasons why people take sides and uh, go on social media and say what they say about all of this. It's also very interesting that both Johnny Depp and Amber Heard have hired publicists to almost open up a second front in this kind of battle between the two of them. There's a huge amount of publicity uh, of various kinds, you know, press releases, but also statements on social media, everything else coming out from both sides because they are, for both of them, this is actually a battle about how they're perceived by the public, isn't it? This is actually about Johnny Depp saying this has done a huge amount of damage to my reputation, and I think that this is the thing he's. I think he's been able to prove that it's damaged his reputation. The next thing he's got to prove in court is that it's that it's untrue and unfair that it should have damaged his reputation. But it's it's certainly the case that it's damaged his reputation because they you know he's able to show that he 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 made thirty five million dollars or thirty five million something probably dollars. That's what usually what they count in. Um, you know, the year before these allegations came out, and then the following year, he, you know, he, he made four because he couldn't, you know, no one will hire him to make a movie anymore. Um, so it, the reason he is fighting this as hard is because it's not just he wants to clear his name; it's this: if he doesn't clear his name, it's fucking over for him, right? And obviously, this is a huge kind of battle between two parties for whom their um, public perception is really important, and I think that's that's very interesting because. Other celebrity court cases have often been about other things, right? But but there's in the end, it's always a factor. It's always been a factor in all of those cases is how how people are viewed by the public during and because of that court case. And this is actually one of the best examples of of, of this because this is all about this is all about how they're perceived by the public, aren't they? Like you said, I mean, if I'm watching this, I'm I'm listening to Johnny Depp saying, "Look, I did this, I did that." He's he's admitting all sorts of things that are 
you know, that don't make him look very good. Um, he's coming clean on that. And, and Amber Heard is kind of really, her side of the story is she just spends the whole time polishing a fucking halo. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing that makes me kind of, hang on, really? You're not even prepared to, you know, because from my point of view, I know the way they're going to portray themselves in court is going to be conscious, right? They'll have been coached by their lawyers to portray themselves a certain way and their actors, yeah? But if, if we were talking about the reality of this, is there no point in which Amber Heard can say, yeah, actually, you know what? There were times in this court case, in, in this relationship where it was about the fact that it was toxic and it was damaging and, and this wasn't right and I, I did this and did that. However, he did this shit. Do you know what I mean? She, but she doesn't say that. She's basically betraying herself as, as nothing but an, an angelic victim from beginning to end of the relationship. And I don't think that rings true. No, I think she's, and I think the problem is, is that she's tried to save so much face that she's just started spouting these lies about Johnny Depp, you know, um, and the, the, to kind of go over the point you made about the damage to his reputation, it has damaged his reputation. He's lost Absolutely. an estimated forty million of income, um, and it's probably more than that because they they were making another Pirates of the Caribbean film, and then he was in the Harry Potter franchise, and he was making X, Y, and Z films, um. He, yeah, I mean, there's going to be, if he's going to look ahead to like what happens over the next few years, if if he doesn't clear his name, then um, his earning potential over the next kind of five to 10 years is, look, he's not, it's not 2000 to 2009 Johnny Depp, where he was one of the biggest stars in the world, but he's still the sort of person who's going to make a lot of money from films. Well, the um, issue and and in the next sorry, few yeah. years, he's not, he's not going to do that if, if, if he doesn't re- rebut these allegations, right? Well, the issue with it is that I don't mind that if Johnny Depp's lost his income because he's been a nasty person. Like, if it's if it's a case of like he's had arguments and he's been nasty, then no, people get hurtful and say nasty things. If he's been hitting his wife, he's he's sexually assaulted his wife, then yes, he doesn't deserve to be in those films anymore. That's what we've learned. Like, you don't get to get away with these things. You know, Harvey Weinstein didn't get away with it. Kevin Spacey didn't get away with it. You don't get to get away with these things um, in modern society, and that would be fair enough. If Amber Heard hadn't been found out to be hitting her husband, shitting in his bed, cutting off his finger, and amongst all the other things, giving, drugging him with a Xanax to make him more agreeable, yeah, um, she shouldn't be allowed to be acting. That's the problem I have with it, is that she's allowed to be an Aquaman too. I know there's a petition online that's got a, like millions of signatures. I think it got another million signatures over the past four days because of this court case. But you have to have some consistency. If they've both been cunts and Johnny Depp has hit his wife and he's sexually assaulted her and it's been dealt with by the relevant authorities and he's been, you know, he's been given like the right sentence for that, then he shouldn't be allowed to act. But she's cut off his finger, she's drugged him, she's done all these things, she's done all these things and she's still allowed to be in films. So either let Johnny Depp be in films and Warner Brothers, um, I mean, I know they've made the new film with Mads Mikkelsen, but, you know, he should be allowed to be in the new Pirates Academy and if she's allowed to be in the new Aquaman too. But he's not, and that's what's unfair about it. I think that's the the main thing about this. Court well, case I mean, there's there's getting yeah. to carry on her life. Um, there's a line, isn't there? And I think in Johnny Depp's version of the story, he he did some things that weren't okay, right? By his own admission, right? And he, I think, where he's where he's sort of sort of position, waiting on a sleeve, waiting on a yeah, sleeve, telling us, you know, yeah, like, where where he's positioned, he's on the side of the line where. He would probably need to kind of lay low for a while and then come out, you know, in a, in a, I don't know, a couple of years and say, look, I am clean. I am no longer, you know, I'm no longer drinking. I'm no longer doing drugs. I've been to see a therapist and I, you know, I've realized, you know, what was going on with me. Yeah. 
that kind of caused that situation. And I've faced up to that. Everyone loves a bit of celebrity confessional and things like that, don't they? And he would he would come out and he would say, "Look, I've." I've had to sort my shit out as a result of this. And, of course, yeah. you know, and, you know, the next time some I'm in an argument and someone's cornering me, I won't react the way I did then. Do you know what I mean? You take, take some responsibility. Yeah. And I would suggest that he's probably in a position where he can take some responsibility for that sort of thing. Um, but he's been, he's, you know, his argument in this court case is that he's being dragged over that line into, you know, unforgivable territory. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, he's, and, he's, and he's and he's basically the thing is right. If he was guilty of those things, he would he would still fight for his life. This is the problem with the libel trial, right? Is because everyone knows those allegations are damaging. So you would fight those allegations. Well, some people would clearly still want to fight those allegations, even if they're true, because they don't want their career to be over. Do you know what I mean? So it's like that's why some people have gone. Well, of course he's defending himself. Of course he's suing her because he knows his career's over if he admits what he's done. Do you know what I mean? That's probably that people who are arguing the Amber Heard side are saying. Do you know what I mean? And it's uh, it's almost interesting to see these massive kind of uh, almost armies being drawn on on social media where everything that's happening in that court case is getting reaction from the Amber Heard side and the the Johnny Depp side, and not to mention the celebrity you know celebrity you know gossip listeners just watching it and going fucking oh look at the state of this kind of thing and it's like you've got massed ranks of people on social media reacting to every single thing that's happened in the court case aren't you yeah um in a way there's no winners as a result of that i mean if he wins this case it's still going to be a case that years from now that everything that's gone down is always going to be mentioned you know what i mean if someone does a profile on johnny depp they're going to mention all the stuff that were you know that that sort of all the all the dirty laundry that's there between him and Amber Heard. So it's kind of in, as in a lot of these libel cases, there are no winners. It's just trying to cut your losses, kind of thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, and I think it, it's it's not fair. Like I think if if we're in this if we're in this culture where actors get kicked off of films because they've acted very inappropriately um, in their personal life, then that's fair enough. We've seen that with Weinstein, and we've seen it with a plethora of actors, and that's. That's just the, you know, that's the society we live in now, and that's the society we should be in. You know, you can't be making millions and millions of um, dollars and be an absolute fucking arsehole. Yeah, you shouldn't get away with wrongdoing like that, should you? But at the same time, a mudsling... Look, th- there's there's a lot of court cases like this. There are a lot of instances where, um, uh, you know, I don't want to go off Fathers for Justice on this because I know some of these guys are fucking Fruit Loops. But there are a lot of guys who, you know, and I and I know them. You know, there are people I know, right, who don't dress up as Batman and stand on fucking bridges. There's they're, they're people who are much more reasonable than that, and because there is a, uh, you know, an, an acrimonious divorce or, or even just a breakup that that goes acrimonious, then they can't use their kids because it's like I want to punish you. I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a weapon against you. You're my ex. You're an arsehole. I'm gonna punish you, and that, you know, shit like that goes on. It's just that when it's not in the public eye like that, it's you know, people can do it and, you know, it's only your friends who know what a fucking asshole your ex has been and vice versa. And it's only their friends who've heard the other person's side of the story and think you're an asshole. Do you know what I mean? But because this is magnified out for the whole world to see, you've got these huge ranks of people kind of looking at it. And it's just, um, there's been some articles in the paper about how the, the way in which both sides have um, kind of used you know publicity and social media to kind of put their side of the story and it's quite ruthless because there's so much hanging on it do you know what I mean someone you know you know someone's going to lose either both of them are going to lose out of this or someone's going to lose fucking big aren't they and their career's going to be over 
Yeah, it should be Amber Heard. I mean, I'm I'm not supporting Johnny Depp, but I'm, I'm seeing a man who's completely broken and destroyed by the things he's done, and you know, or the, not the things he's done, the things that have been he's been accused of, and the things that people are saying he's you know done, and the the way his name's been sort of dragged into the mud. He's absolutely devastated by that, and it's ruined his life, and it's destroyed his. Um, it's destroyed him. Um, whereas she's she's sitting there trying to save face in a court with her cunt of a lawyer. Like let's let's not be around the bush there. Him saying hearsay every time. The have you seen that? He says hearsay. Yeah, I've seen some of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all it's all fucking hearsay. I mean, the thing is, he's got a. That, no, 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 that, but have that... you seen that? No, but no, no, not that bit. Have you seen that? He basically he doesn't let Johnny Depp speak without saying hearsay. He's just trying to he's trying to antagonize him. Mm-hmm. He's trying to antagonize him so he loses his temper in the court, and everyone sees it on TV and thinks, "Oh well, that's what Johnny Depp's temper is like." And basically, he he's he's interviewing the doctor who talks about I think it's the injury to Johnny Depp's finger. No, no, he's speaking to the guy who I don't know who the relationship to Johnny Depp. What like what relationship this guy has to Johnny Depp but basically the Amber Heard's lawyers ask him a question and the guy goes Dr. Kipper told me that um, Johnny Depp sustained an injury on his finger and Amber Heard's lawyer who's just asked the question goes uh, honour your honour objection hearsay and the judge goes you asked the question yeah 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 yeah, yeah. she objected to her own question well, they, they always have an army of lawyers oh, I can't her, remember which of her he's an absolute cunt that lawyer yeah Nasty, he's a wank. The thing is, there's there's this kind of um, there's this stereotype there isn't isn't there of the kind of the ruthless sort of bastard of a lawyer, you know, male or female, who they they make their money because they will argue any case, and they're, they're just absolute kind of you know apex predators in a courtroom. And I think often that's kind of overstated, but I think when you go to these you go to court cases like this, people who are paying top dollar because they want a certain outcome in the case, they basically say, look, I'm, you know, go for it. I mean, there's (laughs) so much, there's so much money riding on this and the way the American court system works is that it it seems you can get anybody to say anything in this. I don't know if you've seen um, the, um, the psychologist or the psychiatrist. I I don't know what her exact role is, you know, her exact qualification is she's a doctor uh, and she's been called as an expert witness to defend Amber Heard. And, this is what's interesting about that this court case, and I think once we've kind of you know gone through, I think the ins and outs of this of this case, I think it'll be interesting to compare it to some previous court cases. But what's interesting about this one, and this you know the the in the twenty twenties, you know the, this stage of the twenty first century, there's a whole new dimension to this because this lawyer is giving testimony on this, and people are reacting to it live on social media, yeah. uh, and they, they've started leaving negative reviews on her WebMD profile because they're <laughs> pissed off about what she's doing, and that's that's just a whole new dimension to this. People are responding to this in real time and what's happened that is, is that, that the thing is like how can you defend a person like that like the, 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 the thing is right the you can you can get you can pay an expert witness to kind of say anything you like and and she has this psychologist has she said I've I've interviewed I've examined I've spoken to Amber Heard and my you know my assessment of her is that she is traumatized as a result of this the thing is she's not an eyewitness to anything right and it could well be that amber heard is traumatized it could well be that amber heard is traumatized because this toxic relationship did her a lot of damage and even if she is you know as bad a person as uh, as 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 some people think she's coming across right she can still have been upset and damaged because of all the things that happened right and or she can be coming across in a way acting uh, traumatized because that is how she wants to portray herself to the world. This this psychiatrist is 
probably quite capable of assessing people and saying, yeah, she, she presents as, as traumatized. But what she's also doing, and she's clearly been coached by her lawyer to do this, is to, on the, on the strength of having interviewed a person, not having seen any of the things that happened, start making these expert statements about, oh, yeah, she's definitely, you know, she's definitely telling the truth because of what I've told us. You, you can't, you know, it's, it goes well beyond That's what, literally hearsay. That is hearsay. Everything she's, she's saying is hearsay. Literally, that's why I was saying there's so but, much hearsay. But it's uh, not hearsay. But it's not hearsay if you have you know the maid that fucking discovered a fucking human shit in um in Johnny Depp's side on Johnny Depp's side. That's not hearsay. There's photos of a human shit. Is that hearsay? And a physical photo? Oh, absolutely. The, the thing is, because of the way that because of the way the adversarial trial system works in in America and, and the UK, and also because people stand to win or lose eye-watering sums of money over this the lawyer is coaching the psychiatrist to talk in a certain way and you can always find someone in america hippocratic oath or not to put forward the case you want them to put forward in a court case because these these people are paid expert witnesses um so i'm not trying to call out this individual person as unique what's been very interesting what she's copped a lot of flack for this particular doctor is that the lawyer is asking her can you tell us some of the you know how things uh you know what you know about how abuse you know affects people in a relationship and rather than be more kind of uh, neutral about the facts that she's presenting this this lawyer in, in almost all the cases that she's talking about she refers to the abuser as he and the victim as she Right. And she also makes a victim that says, well, because, you know, your average kind of man is over 180 pounds and your average woman is under 120 pounds. It's obviously, it's much less likely for a woman to be like a victim of abuse. And it's like, she's clearly saying what she's been told to say. But people have kind of gone online and said, you know, I've looked on her online profile and she talks about, you know, dealing with kind of trauma victims from the war. You'd assume a good number of those are going to be men, uh, you know, PTSD sufferers uh, of various kinds. What do her male patients think of the way she's kind of uh, going? There's a lot of people who are like male survivors of of relationship abuse, um, you know, at the hands of women because it does happen. Yes, it happens more when it's men. Are sitting there going, "Sorry, you're testifying that he can't have," and the reactions are magnified because reactions to all of this are magnified. But people react are reacting to saying, "So you're testifying that he can't have been the victim of abuse." Because he's a man and she's a woman. The only abuse that could have happened in this circumstance is the other way around. Because that's how it works. So obviously people are very angry about this. And now she's getting bad reviews on WebMD as if she gets her, um, you know, as if as if there's a um, fucking checker trade for psychiatrists. And that's where she gets her um, cases from. But it, it is very interesting that because of the interactive nature of celebrity now, um, this is, you know, this is turning into like a real shit fight for everyone involved. But it's, it's just because... Because the whole world is seeing this, it is so much, you know, not we've obviously I've done the dirty laundry porn, but uh, dirty laundry pun, but there's so much happening. Did you just say dirty laundry porn? Yeah, sorry. I was talking to a, I was talking to a Tory MP about tractors last week. It's just so easy to slip into that. Um, but yeah, fold my washing. <laughs> oh, but I don't, don't have any money. That almost certainly exists, especially in Japan. But um, uh, no, 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 no. My pal Rory said that there's a website, and I don't know why he knows about this website, but if you can think of anything, you go to the search engine, you type in the thing, and it finds the porn for it. <laughs> That's obviously what that Tory MP used. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's so much dirty laundry being aired. Um, every single detail of this, and it, it always happens. People get 
you know, dragged through the mud in cases like this. The thing is, now it's no longer just whatever the newspapers say about this the next day. This is being broadcast live and people are, are reacting to it as live on social media. And and even while the court case was on, the uh, the camera is cutting to Amber Heard and Johnny Depp to see what their reactions are to the testimony. Hmm. Um, from my point of view, right, I'm, I don't know all the facts on this. I wasn't there. Um, it does seem to me that Amber Heard portraying herself as nothing but an angelic victim doesn't seem to stack up to the facts I've heard. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if that passes the American test for libel. I, I mean, it, normally it's easier to convict for libel in the UK than it is in the US, which is interesting that he's, he's he lost his libel case in the UK. Um, but what it seems to be coming down to now is people are now assessing the performances of two actors in the witness box, which is really interesting because I just thought, if this comes down to an acting competition between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, it'll be interesting to see who wins that because I don't think Amber Heard is all that good an actress. <laughs> How many Oscars has she been nominated for? Yeah. Um, no, I, and the thing in, in the in the stand is that, or not even in the stand, the reactions, like you say, is that Johnny Depp saw it. <laughs> Did you see the testimony from his friend from the car? No, his I didn't see that the, bit. The, his friend's in the car and he sort of picks up like it's the most inconvenient time for him <laughs> like the judge or the lawyers asking him a question he's just fucking puffing on a vape mm-hmm. and he gets asked a question he just blows he exhales his vape and he goes no <laughs> like this guy, he's like, like I've vape, got vaping shit. in the courtroom yeah he's got shit to do it's it's wonderful yeah um yeah but that i think from all the reactions it's almost what i'm getting is it's like amber heard's been like laughing when they've been like detailing the abuse that johnny depp's been going through and her, her face just some of her like facial expressions she looks absolutely mortified like she's almost realizing that this is being broadcast to millions almost maybe billions of people and she's just kind of realizing that you know she could be in trouble you know you see the thing is it's so for me when i've been looking at this it's like it looks to me like there's a lot of kind of performance going on. And yet, because it's Hollywood and because they're actors, maybe that's just how they are about about everything. You know, I've, I've watched enough award shows to see that they, you know, these people getting getting ready to shed tears when they see something happen <laughs> up on, on the stage that's meant to be emotional. And it's like, maybe this is just, you know, how they are about everything. But I do feel there's an element of... <laughs> Witness, you know, people have been coached here to say, "Look, you've got to look like this. You've got to look like that," because we we know that um, that is how some of these cases are, you know, won and lost. It's like what people think of the people involved. You know, you come across as unsympathetic, you know, um, rather than a sober reflection on the facts. So it's really interesting. That this entire case hinges on um, perception. And and I think you know jo- Johnny Depp's reputation has been you know hurt by this. And I think you know if we take my wife as an example. She's always been a bit of a Johnny Depp fan, um, and I think the it's almost as if you know I, I think she is because of the stuff that's coming about Amber Heard. She's like oh fine yeah I get it, but her, it's almost as if the the kind of his image has been tarnished by this, and there's been a bit of a backlash against him. Even if even if people don't entirely you believe, don't want to believe Amber Heard's yeah. and those things now. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah. is, it's not even a case of maybe. Even if the court case kind of finishes up with you know, you know, if I if I had a better fiver on the outcome of this case, I reckon I'd, I'd be guessing some sort of uh, unsatisfactory victory for Johnny Depp. Yeah, like he wins the case, but they don't award him very high damages. Do you know what I mean? Um, and um, it, 
Yeah, it has to be accounted. I think for him more than anything, I don't think the actual fifty million sum that's been suggested is um It's not that important, it's the verdict, it's, isn't it? Because if you can get that verdict out where it says like look, Johnny Depp wasn't doing all of these things to Amber Heard and the judge rules for that, there'll probably be an appeal process and it depends whether it gets rejected. Yeah, I don't know how appeals work in civil cases in America. But it's then he can get back into acting again. Because I think yeah. if she's allowed to act in Aquaman, then he should be allowed to act. If the, the relationship was pure toxic and they just needed to get out of it. Yeah. And the, they didn't get out of it. They stayed in it for much longer than they should have. And nasty things happened. I think the biggest thing for him is getting the getting cleared of the sexual assault and being like highlighting the fact that this relationship was just yeah. really nasty. That would be the, yeah. mo- the main thing for and him. See, I, I get the feeling, though, that the verdict's going to clear him to an extent or clear him in a, in a slightly unsatisfactory way and it's interesting what I was saying with, with my wife is that she's even though I think you know having heard some of the counter arguments she's going oh, I have heard some of the stuff she's done maybe it's not as simple as that but I think there's an element of because information has come out that's not cast him in a very good light you know just my wife's response now seeing him doing one of his fucking perfume adverts where he's playing the guitar with a wolf out in the fucking desert and stuff well, she looks at him and goes god he's so scruffy looks like he needs a fucking wash do you know what I mean and it's but like before it had been like oh Johnny Depp. Oh, but the thing well, is, he he's always looked like he needed a wash. He always looked like that. But it's almost if even if someone doesn't believe everything Amber Heard said about him, and even if his name is cleared, it has changed people's perceptions of him. So I do think you know he is going to need to kind of be born again, the way people often are in uh, in in Hollywood now, where they come out the other side of it. You know, no, they love a they love a like a rehab story, don't they? Right. And I think he needs to be, you know, he he's, he he can't just clear his name in this court case. He's going to have to kind of go back and rehabilitate his reputation to an extent if he gets his win. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I think it should be. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but he should be allowed to do the Six Pirates of the Caribbean film, and he should be. I like that. I th- I think that's the thing. I think people are now realizing that Johnny Depp wasn't actually all that bad, and he's basically saying that he didn't do all of these things. Mm-hmm. He's come out and said like, "This is not. This is factually incorrect." And if you look at it, the tables were almost like the tables were turned. The shoe was on the other foot. She was abusing me, and we were having arguments. And that that that's what went down. I wasn't actually the thing that she's. Well, that's the thing is what's going to be interesting is see how it how it pans out for Amber Heard because if if it does turn out that that's how you know if the public record shows that things weren't as bad as as Amber Heard painted Johnny Depp. He'll still come away like, yeah, you need to sort yourself out because there was still some stuff there that wasn't okay. Whereas, will Amber Heard come out of this as, you know what, you should not be accusing someone of some of the stuff you've accused them of just because you want to hurt someone. Just because you want to get some get back at someone because they, you know, you, you know, you, you found the relationship upsetting as well and, and you, it was a toxic relationship which, which harmed you. The fact that she's doubled down with some of the things she's gone down on. If if that if it if she is perceived as having done all that just to hurt Johnny Depp, I think there might be a big backlash against her because on the one hand, and I don't want to I don't want to litigate these things. On the one hand, there are people who do kind of overreact to like there are people who say that every 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 woman who um you know who makes a rape complaint and the guy is acquitted, she should be you know she should be taken to jail for making a false accusation. It's like, oh, hang the fuck on, let's not go that far. Do you know what I mean? Because you know that that's not how court cases work. Sometimes it's just something you can't prove. Yeah. Um. And and the other side of it will you know so that they'll certainly be be on her case. And there are other people who will say you know what as a victim of that kind of abuse, as a victim of as a survivor of sexual assault. I'm fucking un, unimpressed with people who use accusations like that to for their own ends because it just makes it harder for real real victims. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Amber Heard if this court case concludes 
and and the jury finds that she has lied about him for things like sexual assault because that's fucking bad shit that is yeah no I, I agree it's I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. It is. It, it is. It, 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 yeah. It it is a mess, and I think there'll be. You know, we'll probably look back on this. You know, and and, and you know, we're not going to know quite what the fallout's going to be. I, I thought it was interesting to compare it to other celebrity court cases. If if you don't mind, kind of look into that. I don't know if this is. Yeah, the, I think we. I think we've given our opinions on it, and we've kind of said everything we need to say about that. But I think it'd be interesting to look at other celebrity court cases and the kind of perceptions that were yeah. held towards those. You know those people. So well, there's, there's, there's there's a couple of there's, sort of talk about? there's a couple about of early ones. Can I can I throw in a couple of really early ones to kind of get a bit of a, of a historical context to all of this? Because celebrity trials are, are are not a new thing. The first big celebrity trial, or the, one of one of the most famous ones that people ever remember, was like the Oscar Wilde defamation case. Yeah, that's that's back in the day. Because as a result of that, he ended up going to prison for his homosexuality. Um, and he, you know, he, he, he took out a libel case against uh, a former lover, the Marcus of Queensbury, because he knew that he was going to be in serious trouble because of the, the, the criminality around homosexuality at the time. Um, and he, um, he sued a, uh, a, the Marquis of Queensbury, ironically, someone whose name is associated with fighting fair. Um, I think he was the son of the, the, or he was, I don't know quite how these, these titles work, but he was a young guy and he, he, he sued him for libel because he was going around saying that he'd had sex with, with Oscar Wilde. Um, and you wonder if Oscar Wilde might have been better to just kind of say, well, you know, I'm, uh, you can't prove a thing, leave me alone. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, he was terrified of losing his good name, made a very ill-advised court case and ended up going to jail for, for, for a number of years um, uh, out of it. And at the time, it was a huge celebrity trial. And obviously, you don't have kind of live pictures or anything like that back then. But suddenly, the life of quite a famous person is being laid bare in the papers for everyone to read. Because, you know, in the late 19th, early 20th century, everyone reads the papers, do you know what I mean? So the whole world could hear about Oscar Wilde's private life. Um and, and one that even got bigger than that, because once the Americans get in on the act and stuff like this, everything takes all on, on a whole new thing, <laughs> is that, um, have you ever heard of a guy called Charles Lindbergh? Yes, that name rings a bell. He, yeah, was, he, was, a, he was a pilot. He was the first pilot. person to fly solo across the Atlantic, I think. There's a number of different records, I think, you know, but he, he, he you know, Nate, he, his, his life was made, or his, 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 his pioneering flight was made into a film starring Jimmy Stewart and all that sort of thing. And he was a hugely famous public figure, controversial at times because he was, he was, you know, anti-Semitic in, in the thirties and, and stuff. But, uh, in the, in the early thirties, um, his, uh, his, his infant child was kidnapped, uh, and, there was, you know, it was a huge case. Oh, you know, the Lindbergh kidnapping was was big news in itself, and um, his uh, tragically, whoever kidnapped his child um, killed killed him. I think it was his son, possibly because he he was, right. af- he was afraid of getting caught or something went wrong. But the child was found killed, uh, and a, a German immigrant called Hauptmann was found with three quarters of the ransom money. You know, they were able to trace the notes and a gold. Um, some sort of gold certificate or something, or a gold, some, some sort of you know quantity of gold of high value that had clearly come from Lindbergh, uh, and on the strength of that, he was uh, he was tried and convicted for the kidnapping and murder of the child. The law was mm. changed, you know, t- you know, taking a kidnap victim across a state line became a federal offence. 
because obviously kidnapping is a, a, a extremely difficult kind of uh, you know case to deal with, um, and it was referred to as the trial of the century. I mean, to the extent that for decades there have been kind of conspiracy theories around whether he really did it, whether Lindbergh is um, uh, a psychopath that killed yeah. him, all that kind of thing. Jesus. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, people have written books saying, "Oh, it was Lindbergh that did it, or it was someone else that did it." Houtman was framed. Um, when the trial came to court, every single hotel hotel room was booked up with kind of radio and newspaper journalists, and I suppose newsreel was still with film at Pathé News. Um, every single hotel room for miles and miles around was booked up because everyone wanted to cover the trial. So the whole of America, probably maybe the rest of the world, was watching every detail of this. Um, and uh, I think that's the first instance of like going, it's actually big business to have a celebrity court case. Wow. Um, business, that's horrible, isn't it? It is, and it is. It's treated like a business, and that's quite a, quite a sad thing. And it, th- there's another case. I'm not sure if this ever got to a court case, but I think it's it's it, it shows the dynamics of what happens in celebrity trials. Have you ever heard of the Streisand effect? Bar- is that after Barbara? Barbara, Barbara Streisand, yeah. There was yeah. some... I think what happened was someone took a photograph of her house. It was someone was just, I think what they were doing is that it, they were a cartographer or something. They were trying to take photographs of like the, the California shoreline for scientific reasons. And I think she had some sort of privacy thing where she said, look, I don't want people to photograph my, um, my house. Right? right. And she's got this big, like uh seafront property that overlooks cliffs. Sounds very nice. Um, and she found out that he'd taken a photograph of her, um, of her house and then put it in a journal but a scientific journal to say look this is what the California shoreline looks like these days look at those rock formations kind of thing do you know what I mean it was and her, her house happened to be in the photo kind yeah of thing. the thing is she had she had kind of said I you know I don't want my my house to be in in, in in the photograph and if she'd quietly said something to this guy maybe he'd have taken a photograph out of the journal or whatever it is no harm no foul but she made such a public fuss about it that everyone went oh I wonder what Barbara Streisand's house looks like uh, so they all went and looked at the photos, uh, and as a result, her attempt to kind of censor the 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 the, uh, the situation, the California Coastal Records Project got more views than anything else they'd ever done, and now everyone can see a photograph. It's got a Wikipedia page, so if you want to see what Barbara Streisand's house looks like, you can uh, you can just <laughs> click on and see it. So if she'd kept her mouth shut, maybe twelve people would have seen her house. So, so that's yeah, that's, that's it's, it's something people need to take into account when 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 they take things to court because it's like you know what we all feel like we would like to clear our name if someone says shit about us or or we would all like to do something about a situation but you have to bear in mind what that level of public scrutiny is going to do to you. Yeah, I think that for civil ones definitely because she didn't really need to do that because yeah. nobody knew that it was her house until she went yeah. I don't know if that was a court case but the Streisand effect is definitely a thing that applies to celebrity you know court cases and do you know I what guess I mean? I think that's what Johnny Depp wanted to happen he wanted people to realize that Who's our chops was being a cunt I mean he had, I mean at that point John, if Johnny Depp's talking about uh, you know I don't want this to become the biggest story in the world. He's got no choice, right? It's already the biggest story in the world because of the allegations that have come out. So that wasn't a factor for him. But it's probably been a factor in other cases. I mean, what what other court cases sort of jump out for you? Obviously, the OJ one's very famous. Um, that divided an entire country. It divided an entire community, like the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it totally, I think it totally changed the landscape of um, modern... Um, 
superstar yeah. trails because he was an and that was and that was a circus yeah. yeah i mean that's the equivalent of david beckham being on trial for murder yeah it was huge um so yeah that one's that one's a that one's quite a big one do we need to go into that one or do we well, go into well, there's, there's, like, there's i think there's a couple of things that are worth mentioning on the ojo trial because i think everyone knows how the ojo trial panned out but i thought it was really interesting how many people it made famous i mean the kardashians right I've have had lot, yeah. 15 or 20 years of reality TV shows, mainly on the fact that their dad had his profile significantly increased by being one of the lawyers on OJ's team. Yeah. And and some of the people who were witnesses in, in the case, it, it looked like when they got in a witness box, they were they were trying to make themselves famous as a result of, the, um, uh, of being involved in the case. There's a guy called Kato Kalin who... I would never have heard of this guy. He was someone's fucking hairdresser or something. But he, he was basically world famous as a result of being you know, a witness in the case and he tried to capitalize on it. The other thing I thought scum, was interesting. Scum, was- scum. <laughs> yeah, the other thing I thought was interesting as a result of all this was that be- there was a civil trial against, a civil case against OJ by um, uh, his, his ex-wife's family. Her name right. was Nicole, wasn't it? Um, and the... Uh, as a result of that, they gained certain legal rights over over OJ's, you know, you know, assets because they they the the, the case found in his favour, which is not the same as OJ being convicted of murder in in a criminal trial. But OJ, so it's a weird weird man, by the way. I don't know if you remember that he actually put wrote a book called "If I Did It." That's odd. Because he did do it. That's the thing. He wrote a book saying "If I Did It," and the book basically details that. In his view, you know, what, he, what he's writing is, I didn't do it, but if I had done it, this is how I would have done it. This is what I would have done. It's a fucking weird thing to do, right? So uh, as a result of that civil trial, uh, Nicole uh, Brown Simpson's family um, gained certain legal rights over AJ, OJ's assets and, uh, and income. And obviously there are going to be um, legal ramifications, even as as someone like America with its First Amendment about profiting from crimes and and the way, you know, writing a book like that. They were able to, either in an additional court case or as a result of the civil trial, they got the rights to that book. So OJ was no longer allowed to make money from that book. So because they controlled the publication, um, OJ's, uh, uh, Nicole Simpson's family uh, republished the book and what they did was they they put the word if in tiny faint letters huh. and i did it in massive big bold letters uh, under oj simpson's name so it looks like if you only glanced at the shelf that there was a book by oj saying i did it so it's that became you know just this huge kind of thing and it was almost as if when oj was eventually um uh, sort of put in prison it was for Something to do with a dispute over merchandising and stuff, and he was he was convicted of kind of kidnapping someone or threatening them or assaulting them, and he did several years in prison as a result of that. And it was almost as if the authorities it was went robbery. It was robbery. Yeah, yeah, it was robbery. He meant to get thirty-seven years, and he didn't even do that. Yeah, and it was almost as if the authorities said, "Well, fucking, we've got to get him for something." Do you know what I mean? Because we totally dropped the ball on his trial. <laughs> and there were allegations at the time that people were terrified of of you know because because the people who were the the policemen who assaulted Rodney King. Um, were acquitted and riots broke out. They said, "Look, if we if we convict OJ, you know, we'll, we'll have more of the same." And it's like, fucking hell. if he did it, fucking convict him. Do you know what I mean? Um, but that that was interesting. That there were ramifications that are that you know OJ ended up writing a book <laughs> about what, how he committed the crime, except he 
he didn't commit the crime and people who represented him in court their offspring are now fucking the most famous people on reality tv it's just that that's that's, wild. that's weird I mean, there's other court cases. I mean, have you got any that kind of jump out for you? Thought that anything that kind of... Um... I just wanted to kind of talk about what how celebrities seem to behave in court cases. Like the Harvey yeah. Weinstein thing. What yeah. Was that, so basically he would he went into like almost every day in court. Well, at the start, he was fine. He was fully able. And then by the end of it, he was on a Zimmer frame. Because yeah. he had a slip disc and stuff I, like If that. I was I mean, the judge, I'd have added another yeah. five years to his sentence for that. The fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you with your Zimmer frame, Weinstein, you fucking scumbag. Yeah, like, oh yeah, you're, you're going to get sympathy now. Like, you've, you've raped a lot of women, but you know what? That Zimmer frame's totally, totally swung me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, sometimes people are kind of, they're fucked whatever happens. I mean, Michael Jackson was, you know, acquitted uh, for child abuse, but that court case was a massive, <sighs> massive court case. And, you know, look, people who are fans of Michael Jackson believe he's innocent and, and other people look at this at that court case and even though he was acquitted, they say, oh, I still think he did it. It's just, that was just such an absolute kind of disaster. I, mean, I, I am no doubt that that probably contributed to his, you know, addiction and ill health, which if he did it, fuck him. If he didn't do it, that's a terrible shame. Do you know what I mean? If, if Michael Jackson never did any things he's accused of, it's an absolute tragedy how much damage that court case did to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even, I mean, though, he's, he's even though he's clearly a weird, a weird person, and I think he was as weird as he was in a lot of ways because of the fucking abusive, you know, childhood that he had and stuff like that. And oh, if, we're talking about Michael Jackson. I thought you you said Harvey Weinstein, then we started talking so, about Michael so, Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> so my, you know, Michael Jackson's court case for child abuse and stuff. He was acquitted, but people still think he, you know, didn't do it. And the damage that it did to him is mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Th- thoroughly deserved. If he, well, the, the thing is, right? It's unsatisfying if Michael Jackson is guilty. To be acquitted is fucking unsatisfying because, you know, he was. You know the fact that it, 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 you know, he went through an upsetting trial but was acquitted is not justice for his victims. If he did it, if he didn't do it, the fact that he was dragged through the mud like that is absolutely fucking horrendous. Have you I, seen so I, I don't really know that. on um, on Netflix. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's basically, no. got to, so he would. I think he did it just after watching that. Basically, he would he would go to like um, his like publicist and research team would go to like malls and stuff and see people that were dancing and singing his songs and then get them to come to his gigs and get them to come on stage and he'd take a shine to certain kids that came on stage and it was usually like young 10 year old boys mm. and these two guys testify that he did all of these things to them. he was basically like teaching them about sexual things when they were underage and then making them do things um yeah i mean the thing is there's two there's them. two sides to this i mean i it feels to me like there's something something fucking went on there <clears throat> But the other side to it is, it's so it's almost like these cases stop being about the facts once the celebrity is involved, and, we, and it becomes about this is just fodder for people to consume. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean that's why there's a couple of cases that I thought were is is this one that's quite funny because we like talking about Nick Cage a lot. Nick Cage once sued Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Okay. What for? Um, I think this was in the in the UK newspapers, but Kathleen Turner gave an interview in which she said that during filming of Peggy Sue Got Married, when Nick Cage and Kathleen Turner co-starred, Nick Cage was done for drunk driving several times and stole a chihuahua. And Why Nick, Sue, that's a cool story. I mean, the drunk driving <laughs> bit's probably probably the bit. Yeah, that but stealing a yeah. chihuahua, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but he he sued her and and won damages. So Kathleen Turner had to apologise for for accusing him of doing that. Sorry, um, I'm really sorry. There was also the case of Anna, Anna Nicole Smith and her 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 dead husband's will. Um, that became a massive court case because it turned Who's out. Who's Anna Nicole Smith again? Who did she marry? She was a she was a Playboy model, famous for being quite busty. 
Um, she appeared in one of the Naked Gun films. She was famous for being famous in a lot of ways. And she um, she married a 96-year-old Texas oil billionaire. For his money. And quite predictably, within about six months, he was dead. <laughs> um, but she contested that he was, you know, she was promised sort of a healthy part of his considerable fortune. And obviously her family hated him. How dare this young woman come in and marry him for his money? Uh, and she, uh, she, you know, she felt was old something because her husband actually hadn't properly taken care of things and whatever. There was this long running dispute. It's never actually been resolved. And not only has the um, uh, the the husband, you know, died, you know, quite happy, I imagine. Um, <laughs> his son, who was like leading the court case against Anna Nicole Smith, he's died, and Anna Nicole Smith has died. So it's actually really? the, the wow. yeah, she died of a drug overdose or something. So it's actually the 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 children of some of the people involved who may still have to go and take it to court. But obviously every people are joking about this, you know, and Nicole Smith, you know, you know, people love to kind of especially slag off women in these these circumstances. And I'm not going to say anything about Amber Heard because if she's, you know, this is about, you know... I will. She's a cow. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not including Amber Heard in that. I'm talking about in other cases, women always seem to be the one who get the biggest kind of, you know, kick over this. Yeah, um, and it's it's interesting. They, they don't always deserve a man behind. Ab- absolutely, yeah. Uh, with Anna Nicole Smith, do you know what? I think she deserves some money, right? If you're a 96 year old man and your future looks like being sat there, you know, on a life support machine while your ungrateful offspring, you know, wait for you to die, and you probably kind of sit there for ages and ages in some sort of twilight existence, full of drips and needles, uh, being kept alive for no other reason that you're rich and your doctors can afford to do it. Um, <laughs> If, if a Playboy model with tits the size of watermelons agrees to fuck you to death instead, I think she's done that man a service. And I bet he's the happiest 96-year-old man you've ever known. Um, yeah. They, I, 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 I think, you know what? It's a bit, it's all a bit seedy, but fucking hell. I mean, she's been seedy on her part, but at the end of the day, the old guy would have been, I mean, the old guy was a billionaire, so he would have been able to see that. Or is uh, the argument that he was 96 and he was demented and he was senile, but he could still get his dick up with a couple I'd, of I don't think he's that. that senile if he marries a Playboy model so that he can enjoy his last days. Do you know what I mean? He sounds like a guy whose I mean, head was still screwed I mean? on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he could have paid a hooker to do it. Do you know what I mean? But... Um, some hooker by the way with billions yeah so I mean I just basically I mean the reason that's you know interesting is people watch that court case so they could laugh at the whole thing because it's this kind of sniggering (laughs) oh look at that you know look at that look at look at this because she's quite big and kind of busty I don't don't mean big in a case of describing women as big as an insulting way but she was she was quite a um, she wasn't she wasn't she wasn't a waif she was very curvy and you know, if anyone was going to see him off quickly, it was her. Do you know what I mean? Kate Moss wouldn't have wouldn't have had the same effect. Um, and it's just people, you know. I mean, I'm and I'm kind of taking the piss out of it as well. It's just it's just how these things are portrayed. Have you got a picture oh, that, of her? Yep. Is that the guy she married? Yeah, the old guy. He looks like he's got. He, oh he, my fucking god! He looks haunted. Yeah. It looks like he, it's looking. It looks like he's died, and the brain, his brain didn't catch up with him for like six months. Yeah, he's just looking for someone to finish him off. Well, her, probably. <laughs> yeah, quite right, too. Yeah, yeah. The other one, if we're going to talk about how people look in their court cases, have you heard of Phil Spector? This is all before your time. You're pure going like court cases that I've got no idea about. <laughs> so, so Phil Spector was one of the kind of leading lights of kind of uh, early 60s kind of pop music. Um, I think he had something to do with the Beach Boys and various other people like that. But he was, he was renowned for like being a producer who kind of had this big kind of pop music sound. And he was uh, he was convicted of secondary murder for killing his wife, and that's all very tragic. And I really laughed at that court case. But 
for some reason, even though he's a white guy and is over 70 years old, he had this incredible Afro, 70s Afro. And I don't think he was fully aware of what his public image was like, because when he turned up in court, while people looked at that and said, wow, this famous guy is going to get done for murder, you know, good, you know, good riddance, go to prison. But most of the comments were, fucking hell, state of his hair. Because um, he's got this enormous, giant kind of bulbous afro. And it's like, wow, I, I, I'm not sure. He's sort of obviously been living alone in his mansion for 20 years. I don't think he realized that, you know, it, it, what he looked like to the rest of the world. But it's just an example of how these court cases like shine a light on people and they're like, oh, blimey. Jeez. Yeah, I think the one the thing I kind of want to talk about with these kind of cases is that, you know, if it's if this was just some guy on the street who'd you know been abusing drugs and you know and it had come out that she'd done these kind of things as well, it was just two you know normal kind of working class people. I doubt there would have been as many opinions being cast. Um, no, the the only the only sort of coverage would have got would have been if the Jeremy Kyle show was still going. <laughs> yeah, so it's. It's what it's one of these things that as soon as it becomes a celebrity, everyone becomes obsessed with it because they're like, oh, and we all know they're doing it. We all know that every all anyone in the public eye is doing you know doing all these bad things like the, the lockdown parties. That's been you know referred to the police. They've dished out fines, etc. And uh, the Labour Party's been you know criticising the Conservative Party for doing it. And then the lo- the Labour Party were having lockdown drinks that people were picturing at. You know it's. We all know they're doing it, but we just although love although when yeah although that, the Labour Party lockdown drinks actually broke no rules and everyone was completely open about what happened, so it is slightly different. No, but like we all knew that they were all having you know and, and you know what I I don't doubt that there would have been some Labour politicians that were flaunting the rules like we all know yeah. they're doing it and we love yeah, yeah. when it happens. Yeah, yeah, we love. I mean, it's, it's there's an element of you know sanctimonious coverage. It's like yeah, it's like it. when you get if uh you know it's when someone like I don't know who was it was it. Uh, Paul McCartney, I think he got done for having a couple of fucking spliffs on him because he's, hmm. he's actually been a long advocate of legalising marijuana. And then there'd have been this long list of kind of, you know, tabloid journalists in Britain kind of saying, oh, look at the state of this, Paul McCartney's a druggie, this, that and the other. And they'll have been snorting fucking coke while they were writing the article. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so we all know that it's hypocritical. In a way, I feel sorrier for kind of ordinary members of the public who get caught up in stuff like this. Do you know what I mean? Who find themselves in a high-profile court case and being absolutely ripped to bits by the press as a result like that christopher jenkins who was accused of murdering um the, the, his his tenant the young lady and it turned out to be one of the one of the neighbors who did it but not before he got absolutely dragged through the courts and kind of portrayed as the worst person in the world um in, in a way while i think celebrities have a right to kind of be treated fairly in the press as well i think they have made a slightly different pact with publicity than ordinary people have do you know what i mean yeah, it, it, we just we just love to see them. We love to see how they behave and like these you know these narcissists, these sociopaths, just in the public eye, and you know admitting to all their wrong or not admitting to their wrongdoings and still being found guilty of it anyway. It's it's almost uh, more it's almost more fun when it's a more trivial case. Do you know what I mean? When they're arguing over something pathetic, it's a lot. It's because you, you can just sit back and enjoy having a go at all all the people involved. I like the ones when it's like. It's like copyright cases for music. So Ed Sheeran had one recently, mm-hmm. um, but my favorite one was Creedence Clearwater Revival. The um, I think the singer of that band started another band, but was sued by Creedence from having a song that was similar. Yeah, yeah. Saying that he'd ripped off one of the riffs or one of the um, like like the uh, the chords or whatever, and the guy just brought out a guitar in court and played them. <laughs> yeah. And, he played his song and then played another song and you know it was voted in his favor it was 
ruled in his favor. Sorry, um, it's it's just, it's especially fun if it if um if it involves music that the uh, the judge hasn't got the faintest fucking clue about, and someone has to explain to some old crusty old dude. Who yeah, the, who the, ever who, to, like, who the fuck the people involved Skinner's, in the case yeah. are? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like I like stuff like that. I like when people are kind of like they're kind of cool about it. That that that. That yeah, yeah. Stuff's cool to see. Um, I, I tell you a case that made me laugh at the time, and it's kind of. Uh, Do you remember when Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta Jones sued Hello Magazine? No, what for? Well, basically, Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta Jones were paid a million pounds by OK Magazine to take photos of their wedding. And Hello okay. Magazine were pissed off about that because they bid a lot of money as well, but didn't win. Didn't win the. Uh, didn't, didn't win the right. Money then. <laughs> well, they actually, for some reason, they bid more, but Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta Jones decided to go with OK instead. But in the end, who gives a fuck? But there was this time when kind of celebrity fo- wedding photos were like a huge commodity for OK and Hello to fight over. So what happened was Hello Magazine kind of sneaked in and took photos of their own and then oh. put and put them out. And obviously, what uh, what Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta Jones felt was, well, that's kind of ruined things for us because now there's no value in our, our fo- in our photos. It would have been yeah. better in a way if OK Magazine had sued Hello. Do you know what I mean? But what the happened was no, they, they they still got a lot of money from the magazine co- company. And well, then, I mean, sorry, I, I mean, oh, oh, that's the thing. Oh, oh, get any money. That's the thing. OK, Mag- well, the thing that's the thing. Douglas and Catherine Zeta Jones still got paid. OK Magazine was probably the ones who got hurt, right? Because they yeah. probably lost lost money as a result of big people buying Hello Magazine instead. But Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas sued Hello Magazine for breach of privacy and went on the stand talking about how devastating it was for them to see their yeah, their photos. It? <laughs> and it's like, you know, because, you know, celebrities aren't allowed to let their hair down. We're, we've, we're allowed a private life as well. And people are going, mate, you sold your photos to OK Magazine. You can't argue that you wanted the event to be private. What they wanted was to be in control of the photographs. And there's a famous like thing. Michael Douglas referred to the uh, a million pounds that that as as a pittance, um, you know, the, no. the saying because they're saying it's actually not about the money. And Catherine Zeta Jones goes, "Oh well, you know, um, maybe a million pounds is a lot to you, but it's not a lot to us." Do you know what I mean? And it's like so, someone, you know, ah. somebody said, "Was yeah, that, you come across really badly when you say get, shit like that." Get, get him off the stand. Someone yeah, get yeah. him off the stand now. <laughs> the last thing to say is, look, it's you know, but but the fact is, I think one of the problems is that cele- celebrities. I don't, I don't go along with kind of the tabloid journalist argument that once someone's in the public eye, they're allowed to be absolutely treated like total dog shit, the way Sienna Miller was by the tabloids. I think that's bang out of order. Yeah. But I think there's an element of where celebrities try and control media coverage of themselves, they're on an absolute hiding to nothing because you can't control it. Yeah. I think you can defend yourself the way George Clooney does because he keep, tries to keep a low profile. He's not interested in, in going out and being photographed at events. So he, I think he is justified in saying, leave my fucking kids alone. You, sh- you know, there's no reason why my, my five-year-old is allowed to, is, is being photographed in, in your, your articles and to make sure that they leave him alone. I think that's okay. But it's when you say, I only want to be photographed in this way and talked about in this way by this magazine, not that magazine. It's like, you've got no chance, mate. The media is going to be all over you one way or the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of into sides about that kind of thing because I think the paparazzi are pure scum, and I think you know if I if I was a celebrity, the podcast pure becomes bigger than Joe Rogan, then you know, and we've got that kind of popularity where you know you get people coming up to you asking for autographs, and I do I do kind of you know I kind of sympathise with that because it's like well not not sympathise but like what's the right word empathise yeah 
What's the right one there? Empathize. I feel bad. Empathize, I feel bad yeah. for them because you know they, yeah. you know you just want to go and eat your dinner and then people are absolutely swarming you. Like you imagine being Cristiano Ronaldo just wanting to go out for some dinner at a restaurant. He could, he couldn't do that. Yeah, I mean there is there is a you know there's an element of I mean some people handle it better than others. I mean Tom Cruise I think like I don't know what he does when he's not in the pub you know, <laughs> out in public. Maybe he just you know you know ha- aliens, hangs upside so. down from a from a belfry or something. But when when he's out and about. He will have a photograph taken with anyone. He will say hello to anyone. If you phone your mum and want Tom Cruise to say hello, he will say hello. Do you know what I mean? Because he almost says, when I'm out, I'm working. And when I'm at home, I, d- I deserve to be left alone. And I think if you're the kind of person who doesn't mind that, I think you're lucky. If you're someone like Daniel Craig, who's like, I just want to go and have a quiet pint, you know, you can't. And I think that that is tough. I think the, the worst stuff of some of that is when you hear what paparazzi have done where they pay someone to start a fight with someone. Like they pay someone to start a fight with Paul Gascoigne and have a photographer on hand to only take a photograph when Paul oh, Gascoigne throws a punch back. That stuff is awful. And then you get these sanctimonious cunts like Piers Morgan come out saying, oh, well, you know, we don't build them up and knock them down. We build them up and celebrities knock themselves down. People like that should just be round up and shot with shit. It's like... It, it's it's weird because I, I think celebrities have to accept that they're going to give up some of their private life, but some of the dirty tricks are, which which just makes you wonder, there must have been some celebrities who've thought twice about going to court about some of the stuff they've been involved in, do you know what I mean? Because they must think, no one, you're, you're going to come out of this looking bad, especially when someone is going to be paid a lot of money to put you on the stand and put you under the microscope. And anyone who's put under the microscope is going to... Um, you know, it's going to have some blemishes, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a tough one, that, I guess. Um, because, you know, you, you hear, like, I don't know if you know, there, there, there's some, there's a group of British YouTubers called the Cybermen. The most famous one of that group is called KSI. Oh, I've heard of KSI, yeah. And he's, um, he's saying, like, it's a pure nightmare. Like, they've had people come round to their house and, like, think it's okay to just jump the fence and stuff like that. And it's, People think because you're a celebrity and because we've basically made them famous, like you know, we've put our we, money. We 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 now own you. Yeah, yeah, we own like, you. If you think of a celebrity and you've watched their film, you've listened to their music, you've bought their book, you've you're putting money into their pockets. You people take that as a thing of well, you know, I've made you, therefore, you know, I have a right to, I own you, kind of thing. It's it's a very weird. Like they take ownership of these celebrities and feel like they can treat them any way they can, almost like they, they treat them like they're they're slaves. And it doesn't really work like that. Um, yeah, and it's probably like increases the gap between people and celebrities in a lot of ways. And on the one hand, you know, there'll be people you follow on Twitter who are quite famous, and you know, if you catch them at the right moment and you tweet something, they might kind of like it or reply back, and that's quite fun. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I you know, not that they're particularly famous, but you know, I've tweeted a band and said, you know, I can't find when you when your dates are, and they said, look here, here's where our live dates are. And I was able, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, I got a reply from the bass player of the Future Heads. You know what I mean? Not that they're, not that they're hugely famous. No, but it's a big deal. But, it, but it's nice to be, it's nice to have that level of interactivity. But the problem is because so many people abuse it, you know, celebrities don't want to be interviewed anymore. But that kind of they don't, you know, they, they're going to kind of lock themselves away because they don't want to, you know. Because if, if on the one hand, you know, you saw someone famous and you said, hi, I'm a big fan of yours, uh, and then left <laughs> it at that, that would be nice. Do you know what I mean? But because that, I think so many celebrities are on their guard now that you probably don't, you probably lost a little bit of that. You'll never get to, if you're interested in someone, you'll never get a real in-depth interview anymore. The whole thing will be managed by their publicist. 
and they're probably kind of trying to live as far away from us all as possible. So if you, I don't give a shit about celebrities' private lives anyway, but there are people you just think, no, it would be nice to hear them talk for an hour. You know what I mean about about stuff I'm interested in, but I'll never hear it now because people are so frightened of the way in which you know fame affects them now that they, 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 I think a lot of them try and just try and shut themselves away. Well, um, it's it's weird that because all the interaction I've not met many celebrities. I've met Jack Colback, who's a player who used to play for Sunderland, and then yeah. went to Newcastle. Yeah. I've met David Moyes, who ruined Sunderland, my football club, and I met Kevin Bridges. Have I met anyone else other than that? I've met some kind of local kind of Scott, like Liz Lockhead was the kind of Scottish poet laureate. It's called the Macker. Yeah, yeah. But in all of those interactions, didn't you meet? Didn't you meet Emma Thompson? And I, that was in a kind of similar circumstance. She was doing yeah, yeah. Like a kind of talk. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. We were kind of there, and we all kind of yeah, said yeah. hello. Yeah, yeah. But then the interactions were like Jack Colback and Kevin Bridges. Kevin Bridges was at the uh, Glasgow Botanic Gardens walking his dog, and I went, "Oh, mate, like you're you're a hero of mine. You're you know you're my, my favorite comedian. I love your stuff." And he was very pleasant. And I said, "Is it okay if I have a photo?" And he went, "Absolutely, mate." And I went, "Minion to him," and he said, "Probably the end of next year." And it was like. I didn't scream at him. I didn't sprint up to him and like dumb, like with my camera ready to go. I said, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. You know? And he was absolutely brand new. His dog was lovely. I gave his dog a wee clap around the ear. Um, and David Moyes, okay, he he's a prick in through my son of the eyes, but he was actually quite pleasant. He was actually quite yeah, a yeah, yeah. Guy. He um, it was quite a funny story. He was meant to be flying out to Spain to collect some belongings from when he got sacked from the Real Sociedad job, and yeah. we were on a train into London. He was like, "Oh yeah, I was." I was meant to fly from Gatwick, but I got the train to Stansted. Now that, that's very funny, <laughs> you know. Like, I mean, when you do that, when you've just been sacked from a job for not doing a good enough job, to then not be able to catch a flight yeah. properly is quite—that's I mean, like he, insult he was to manager injury, of isn't it? Manchester United, like the biggest club in the world, and he couldn't even—he was the non-flying Scotsman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you've got um, the, the interaction with Jack Goldback. You were actually there. Remember that? Yeah, I remember you went um, over and shook his hand and stuff. We, yeah, we were getting the train down from. Aberdeen and then we stopped in Newcastle and he got the train there and he's with his family and I just kind of went up to him and went oh you know ironically I said to him you know keep up the good work kind of thing like you know um we were in a really bad we were, spot we, we were, com- we were coming to the end of the football season weren't we no and no no, think- no we weren't we weren't we were in October oh were we really sorry and we had one point in October and I oh. kind of and then we went and battered Newcastle a couple of weeks later but I just said, you know, thank you very much, mate. It's, it's like a pleasure to meet you and kind of thing, you know. You Good know, luck. You know, yeah, I'm a fan yeah. of Sunderland, so I'm a fan of yours. And he, and it was actually my birthday that day. And yeah. one of the, one of the, um, what do you call them? Not flight attendants, train attendants, the trolley yeah. lady. Yeah. She was like, oh, is it your birthday? And I'm like, yeah, and, and you're a Sunderland fan. So she went up to Jack Colback and he signed like a, you know, like a rapper you'd get like a panini in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it said, you know, happy birthday from Jack Colback. And I thought, wow, I didn't, I didn't ask for that. But then, you know, the flight, the, the flight attendant, the train lady's been kind of do that. And I thought that'd be the end of it. And then we'd gone through the barriers and Jack Colback came through the barriers and came up to me and said, happy birthday. And then had like a couple of words with you. Yeah. And so, like, so, you didn't see that, have to do that, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, see, I mean, that sort of thing is because there's a, there's actually a defined relationship between fans and football players. It's almost like, you know, the the players yeah. the players need to know that the fans like them and are behind them. You know what I mean? That sort of thing gives them confidence. I mean, the fact is Sunderland needed everything it, 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 everything they could get to kind of give them a boost to try and not get fucking relegated that year. So actually hearing that the fans are behind you is actually a big deal. Yeah, I never had anything against the guy. He yeah, was yeah. a particularly outstanding footballer, but he worked hard and I just got yeah, yeah. Like, and you're meeting a you're meeting a Sunderland player. I'd never met a Sunderland player before. I don't think I've actually yeah. met a Sunderland player since, yeah, yeah. have I? No. So it's Yeah. And it's like the that sort of thing is like, like similar. When you talk about like rugby players, they have quite a nice relationship with with people who recognise them because 
because rugby is not that popular a sport that you know you, unless you're course, yeah. Johnny Wilkinson or the England captain and even now I mean most most England internationals are not that well known um yeah. my, my my wife was out with some friends at a, like a, a hotel in, in in West London they were just having like a girls night out I think it was like a wedding bridal shower or something or birthday party for one of them and they were just out, out having a few drinks and they got absolutely hammered having a laugh and that there were all these massive tall blokes walking around and people were like do I know who that is? And this bloke's six foot seven, covered in tattoos. Who the fuck is that? And then this quite ordinary bloke walks past and and my wife runs up to says, oh, can we have a photo? Can you take a photo with us? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And they hand him the camera so he can take a photograph of them. And he looks a bit confused. He's like, okay, here's your photograph. And they hand the camera back and he was actually an England international in a rugby team. They just didn't recognize him. So he was expecting <laughs> then to go up to them and for a photo with what him. And they just asked him to take a photo of them on their night out. And the thing is, but the thing is, so when someone like like that is recognized, it's probably because they're at a rugby ground or because there were a lot of people. And and you'll only be recognized someone who's a fan of that sport, who will probably go up to him and say, oh yeah, well done. I, I enjoyed watching your game the other day, blah, blah, blah. Whereas if you're famous to everyone, there'll be people who aren't a particular fan of yours, might not even have watched any of your films or matches or whatever it is that you do. But because you're famous, they just want to be seen with you. And they'll come over and make an absolute fucking nuisance of themselves when you just think, oh, fuck off, you know? And those are the people who kind of ruin it for everyone else. Because if you're a big fan of something, if I saw like one of my absolute film heroes, for example, or sporting heroes, whatever it is, I mean, I, I the one person I've actually gone up and spoken to was Brian May, our queen, because I've been a fan of his music all my life. And he was in Hamleys. You were, you were just a baby. And I was doing some Christmas shopping for toys in Hamleys. Nowadays, you would do that online. You wouldn't go to Hamleys for anything. But he was in there looking looking like he'd just stepped off stage in his clogs and his fucking waistcoat, just top pottering about. And I said, you know what? I normally don't feel like I want to go up to a celebrity because I don't want them to look at me and go, here we go, another fucking crank. Leave me alone. But I was such a big fan of his growing up that I went and said, look, you know, look, I'm a big fan of your music, blah, blah, blah. I just want to say thank you. I've, you know, listening to your music has meant a lot to me over the years. He went, yeah, great. Shook my hand and said, Merry Christmas. I didn't even ask for an autograph or anything. I just want to say hello to him. But oh, yeah. when someone's really well known, someone who's not even a fan of your music can come up to you and go, ah, it's you, it's Brian May, blah, 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 do the thing, do the thing. And it's like, oh, fucking leave me alone, yeah. do you know what I mean? And those people are now going to steer clear of someone who might actually just want to say hello. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and I believe some celebrities, when they're on interviews and saying, you know what, it's nice to meet the fans. I bet it is nice to meet the fans, but it's not nice to nice meet some true. fucking random arsehole off the street who wants to, get, who wants no, to just be a pain in the ass, you know? I don't want to see like, seem like that kind of guy. like, oh, how terrible it must be for Christian Ronaldo to never go to a restaurant with his family because you'll just get swamped. Like, the guy is obviously on like £500,000 a week, and that would be yeah. absolutely lovely to kind of make that kind of money. But I do kind of understand the kind of whole like the perceptions of celebrities that we have. Another funny story. Remember, we didn't meet him, but remember when we went to Florida? Yeah. I mean, we were queuing that ride. Um, yeah. The, the, the Tower I, of Terror. I, yeah. The, I reckon, I sort of vaguely recognised that guy, but I didn't really know who he was. Well, I, but you, I had but, no but, fucking idea. Yeah, the yeah. only reason I knew who he was is because he was tragic enough to wear his own t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's remember right. That? Yeah, yeah, Steve yeah, Aoki, who is apparently this massive DJ. Yeah. Um, in America, yeah, and, and he, uh, got, he got he got some attention from people. He knew he was at the time, didn't he? And he was in the, he was in the queue, and he had his T shirt that said "Steve Aoki Tour 2014, etc." Going all of these dates, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, can I get a photo with you?" And we had no idea. But what was great about it is that everyone in the queue was stopping to have photos with him, and we just—I'm not waiting behind these cunts having photos. I just walked past. Them. <laughs> 
like I'm British, I know how to fucking queue, and that is not one of the rules. So I just, yeah, we we got on the the ride queue was about forty five minutes, and we got on it in about ten minutes because of Steve Aoki. So yeah, thank yeah. you very much for yeah, yeah. for that Steve Aoki. I mean, you thought it was the the bad guy out of Lethal Weapon too. That, that's right, except he was about twenty five years too young. <laughs> <laughs> he's had, he's a dead spit of him, by the way. If they if they reboot that, he should definitely they should definitely use him if they want to. Well, not that I mean, not that I think they should reboot it, but. Um, I think it's a good mark of a celebrity if they can cope with not being recognised. Because yeah. here's the thing. I think sometimes the, the the relationship between fame and money is a bit weird. For example, if you're on Coronation Street, right, millions of people know who you are. And if anything happens to you, like you get in a fight in a pub or you get divorced or anything happens, that's going to be you know front page news in the papers. But a lot of those people who, who are on Coronation Street, they only make about 100 grand a year, which is fucking good money, by the money, way. Yeah. It's it's very good money for the average person, and it's, and it's certainly good money to an actor who hasn't got a job and is waiting tables waiting for a break. Builds up that but it's entity. not a lot of money for that level of fame. And I think that level of fame is probably better suited to someone who's got lots of money and can afford to live in a house with a big fence and can then go and hang out where all the famous people hang out, like go to the Four Seasons Hotel and 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 go and stay on on Richard Branson's private island. Do you know what I mean? Because if you're if you're making the kind of money that you know a relatively senior manager who works for for a bank is on, yeah, but millions of people know who you are. I don't think that's a very good deal. Do you know what I mean? And also, <laughs> what happens is those people have to kind of build their profile and go on. I'm a celebrity, and you get some people who because of that they live for the fame and it's really important them that they pretend you know you know it's that stereotype of the celebrity who pretends that they don't want to be recognized and then, and then get pissed off because no one recognizes them yeah and they get voted off because nobody knows the fuck you and, are and, yeah. and proper fame is is when people actually don't mind not being recognized there was a story on i'm recycling this completely off the graham norton show i was watching this on tv once but the, you know that have that that red chair bit at the end of graham norton where they get people out of the audience to tell a funny story, and if if the story's boring, Some, they get they get. Sometimes it relates to someone sitting on the couch. Yeah, yeah. But if the story's boring, they get flipped out, and if the story's good and funny, they get to walk at the end. Well, this guy told a story, and it wasn't related to anyone on the case, on the on the on the show that week, but it was quite a good story, so he got to tell the whole thing. He was Irish, uh, and he was out in Dublin for his birthday, and his girlfriend had, had taken him to quite a nice restaurant for his birthday, so it's quite expensive. And if Dublin's a small city, so a f- famous person from Ireland is going to go out, go out to dinner they're probably going to be three tables away from you in that restaurant and he's sitting there and he's just having a lovely dinner with his girlfriend what a nice birthday and he looks across and about you know the other side of the restaurant it's bono having dinner so fucking hell it's bono and this guy's a big this this guy's a big u2 fan um he says who's that he's with i don't recognize him he's about bono's age maybe a bit older i must be his like manager or something do you know what i mean it must be part of his kind of team i don't recognize him and they're having dinner and um he waits for bono to go to the toilet because he's quite shy and he goes up to the other guy at the table and says Excuse me, I'm such a big fan of you two and Bono. I really don't want to disturb him having dinner and everything, but could I possibly, you know, could you possibly ask him when he comes back if it's okay to maybe get a, a, an autograph and a photo because I am such a big fan of his? The guy says, look, he's on his night off. He's quite a private guy, but I'll um, I'll try. When he comes back, I'll try. So <laughs> he goes back to the table and sits there expectantly. Bono comes back to the table and the, the guy's sort of there with a chat and the guy looks across and waves him over. It's like, oh, great, I'm going to meet Bono. And he meets Bono, and for all you think of Bono, I mean, I think he's a bellend, but, you know, he's Bono was ever so nice, said thank you, it's great to meet the fans, you know, it's, you know, your support means that a lot. That was done the right way, so I imagine he was more... Yeah, more it was fine, it was lovely, and he, he shook his hand, gave him an autograph, and took a photo, and the guys had a photo with, with, with Bono. And he goes back, and, oh, that's made up, I've had a lovely, I'm having a lovely meal with my girlfriend in this great restaurant, I just got to meet Bono and got a photo with him. How could this birthday get any better? 
and Bono and his friend leave um, the restaurant and they give him a little wave. Oh, that was nice. That was cool. I met Bono. And then he asks for the bill and the waiter says, uh, no, the bill's already been taken care of. He says, what? Oh, your bill's been paid. He says, what? Bono paid my dinner bill. And the guy says, no, Bruce Springsteen paid your dinner bill. That was the other guy at the table. <laughs> and that's the coolest response to not being recognized from a celebrity I've ever heard because I bet he recognizes him now. There was That's another quite amazing. cool one. I always thought that was Sting in that story. No, it was definitely Bono because it was in a. It was in a. No, I thought it was Sting that took the photo or took the. No, no, oh, no, no, no. It, it was Bruce Springsteen. I'm not sure how Sting would respond to stuff like that. He's he's portrayed as a bell end by some people who've met him and quite sound by other people who've met him. So I, I don't right, know what the yeah. verdict is on him. There's another good one with you know Omar Jalili, the comedian who also does acting and stuff. Yeah. He um he was in you know various bit parts in various films he's in gladiator for about 2 minutes um uh various kind of bits and pieces um he he was also in the 1999 Brendan Fraser version of the mummy and the thing about that is he is probably the only or the most kind of arabic or middle eastern looking person in that film huh. and the mummy is a huge film across the middle east so he's hugely famous in 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 the middle east for that movie because it's like oh he's one of us you know, I love I love Brendan Fraser, but you know that guy could live next door to me, and he's in the Mummy, so he's huge <laughs> over there, and he's well known over here because he's done comedy, he's done live at the Apollo, but in a lot of places in the world he wouldn't be recognised. A couple of years after that, he's in a film called Spy Game, which is a big film with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt in it, and they're filming in Jordan on location, <laughs> and they're walking from one location to the next, or they might be walking from the set to the fucking dinner queue, whatever it is. Various people from the film are walking along a street in Jordan. And Brad Pitt and and Robert Redford are like 10, 20 paces up ahead and Noma Jalili is just strolling up behind them. And Robert Redford and Brad Pitt go past and all of these local people and all these local Jordanians go, I recognise those blonde guys, who are they? But don't do anything about it. And then they look past him to 20 paces behind and go, it's the bloke from the mummy. The whole of the city have turned up and are, are absolutely mobbing Omar Jalili. <laughs> it's the guy from the mummy. Oh, I loved you in the mummy. I loved Brad that bit at the Robert end. Redford and Brad Pitt and Robert Redford are looking around watching, and they just pissed themselves laughing. They think it's the funniest thing there was. Fucking hell, we're, we're not famous here. He's famous. That's but class. someone who got pissed off at a situation like that would go down in your estimation. And someone that famous, I'm sure Brad Pitt and Robert Redford don't need anyone else to recognise him. They're already famous enough. So they were able to take that in quite good spirit. Well, I, that is one, a couple more stories. I think we've, we've done the celebrity thing. To yeah, 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 um, yeah. But the, um, when I was told, I don't know how true it is, that, you know, Robbie Coltrane, the actor who played Hagrid and yeah. Nuns on the Run, the yeah, yeah. films that he was in. Yeah. He was in Sheffield Airport and... Um, Sheffield Airport. Let's just highlight that Sheffield Airport. He was getting yeah. a flight somewhere, and somebody not, had not his... particularly glamorous. Yeah, yeah. He was. I mean, it's not particularly big either. It's a it's, it's a wee airport just mm-hmm. outside Sheffield. Anyway, somebody was there with Robbie Coltrane's book, and um, he said, "Oh my God, I see Robbie Coltrane in Sheffield Airport." So he goes up to him. He says, "Mr. Coltrane, would you sign your your book? I've got a copy of your book. You know, I'm a huge fan, etc., etc." And he went, "Oh, not here, mate. Not here, mate. I don't want people coming over. Not here, mate. Sorry, not here, mate." And the guy looked around, and it's Sheffield Airport, and there was <laughs> nobody there. You know what I mean? Like, the guy's bought your book. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it in hardback as well? So he's bought your book in hardback, and you wouldn't make a lot of money off that. Yeah, and, you know, if so, if someone had bought my book and come up to me in an airport that was busy, I would I would sign it. Somebody, yeah. 
Yeah, that that was a. I don't know how true it is, but that kind of tarnished my opinion of. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a favorite childhood a, a childhood actor of mine, I suppose, childhood yeah, yeah. character or whatever. Okay. Um, I don't have any more. I've I've got one more, and I th- and I think and I think we've done celebrities for this, but I've got one more, which I think is quite a funny story. You've probably heard this one before, but we'll stick it on for the podcast. Is um is about Roger Moore. No. So in the early eighties, this would have been Roger Moore is at. Uh, a slightly more glamorous airport than that. I think is in in Nice Airport or Monaco, somewhere in the south of okay. France, waiting at an airport. And for what, and for whatever reason, he's not sort of tucked away in the in the first class lounge, away from regular people. He's just out and about in the airport terminal, sitting down at uh, you know in in a in a seat um, where the general public are. And a, a seven year old boy, British boy, who's there with his granddad. Um, I don't know the circumstances why they're there, but the seven-year-old boy is there with his granddad, not the rest of his family. And the seven-year-old is a massive James Bond fan. Right. And he goes, granddad, granddad, look, it's James Bond. And believe it or not, the granddad has never seen a James Bond film and doesn't actually know who Roger Moore is. He's like, oh, is he? Okay. He says, oh, please, please, can I get his autograph? Can I get James Bond's autograph? So the um, so the granddad says, okay, wait there. And he walks over to... Um, uh, uh, to Roger Moore and says, "Excuse me, I, I understand you're famous. My, my granddad's a big fan of yours. Um, sorry, my grandson's a big fan of yours. Can can we can I have an autograph?" And Roger goes, oh, "Of course you can." And uh, he signs uh, something. Says, uh, what, "What's his name?" Oh, okay, David. To David, all the best, Roger Moore. And the granddad walks back. There you go. There's your autograph. And the little boy looks at it, and the, the, the autograph says Roger Moore. He goes. Oh, there's some mistake. He's not called Roger Moore. He's James Bond because he's so little. He's kind of not quite got the actor versus real character kind of okay, thing. Okay, okay. So the granddad says, "Well, come with me this time." He walks up, and so the the, the little boy and the, and the grandfather go up to 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 Roger Moore and say, "Excuse me," but um, the little boy says, "Look, you, you've signed Roger Moore here, but I thought you were James Bond." And Roger Moore leans in and says, "Yes, I am James Bond." Yeah. Blofeld could be anywhere. I'm on a mission. I've got to keep Amazing. quiet. Roger Moore is the name I use when I'm trying to keep a low profile. You will keep my secret, won't you? And this little boy's nodding. Oh, yes, yes, I will. Yes, I will. So fast forward to about 30 years later, and Roger Moore is doing some of his ambassadorial stuff for like Save the Children or the UN or something that he's involved in. Oh. And he's at some sort of public event doing, you know, doing his good works. His film career is over by then, but he's, he's still very famous and turns up with his big, you know, this big sort of million dollar smile and, and, and acts as an ambassador for a good cause. And at the event, the seven-year-old boy is now 35 or 37 or something like that and happens to be part of the team that are organizing the event. He's, 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 he's involved in the event in some way. So at the little sort of reception afterwards, they're having a chat and he goes up to him, you know, 30 years later and says, excuse me, Mr. Moore, I'm not sure if you remember this, but and then recounts the story about how he was in Nice Airport, and and I just to say, look, it was wonderful. You really made my made my year to to kind of you know engage with the fans like that. And Roger Moore looks at him and smiles, and that kind of says, well, "I'm terribly sorry. I don't remember that exact incident." As you can as you can imagine, I meet quite a few people, but I'm I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. And he goes, okay, okay. And, and, and Roger Moore wanted to say it in such a nice, nice way that he wasn't crushed or anything. Why would Roger Moore necessarily remember you 30 years later when you're, you know, when you're not a seven-year-old boy anymore? Um, about 10 minutes later, he's walking down the corridor and Roger Moore comes up to him in the other direction. And Roger Moore comes up to him and stands up and says, of course I remember you, but you've got to remember, Blofeld could still be out there, so I have to keep quiet. You will keep my secret, won't you? And this 37-year-old guy is seven years old. He goes, yes, I will. Yes, I will, Mr. Bond. <laughs> and that... That's that's what fucking celebrities are for. Do you know what I mean? To make someone's day like that, not once but twice in their life, is an absolutely awesome story. 
And I think Roger Moore just knew exactly how to kind of give the fans what they want. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I know that we said that was the last. Like, it doesn't have to be the last. It's our I've rules. Got, we I've can do what we more. like. I've got two more. Go on. That, that are kind of interlinked. So my pal, um, Rory, his brother, Colin, um, is it like a few years older than him, but um, he's they're, they're both Rangers fans. And um, there's two stories here. So I'll start with the negative one first. So Colin um, and his mum, had um, managed to go to um, a, a Rangers game, and they'd managed to get to um, into like the seats, like where all the players go with their families when they're injured or um, you know um, not playing. And um, th- Colin took his autograph book. He must have been about thirteen at the time. Um, yeah. He um, and was going very politely, like up to Peter Lovencrans, and and his mum had basically said to him before, like, look, these are, these guys are out here with their families, so they might not be too keen to like speak to you and um, not in a bad way it's just this is like their private time so just ask politely if they say no they say no that's fine enough fair enough but just be polite about it and that's all you can do um and he was like right okay mum so he uh he went up to all his players and then um he went up to Lovencrans, he went up to Amarusa, i don't know gattuso arteta all the players at the time and if he got a signature he did he didn't that's fair enough at least he got to meet the guy yeah he goes up to Barry Ferguson, who's was one of Rangers' best players of that era. He is a in terms of footballing ability, a Rangers legend. Wasn't he the captain at the time as well? Yeah, yeah. I think he was Scotland captain for a bit as well. Very talented footballer. Um, a bit of a prick, as you'll find out. So <laughs> Barry Ferguson, it was half time, and basically Colin was just waiting at the you know the bit where you walk through to go to your seat from where all the food and that is. I don't yeah. know what that bit's called, but from the 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 food hall or whatever you want to call it. And he went, excuse me, Mr. Ferguson, please may I have your autograph? And Barry Ferguson said to a 13-year-old boy, oh, will you just fuck off? <laughs> Fucking hell. Right? No, there's more to the story. So, um, Colm's obviously a bit crushed by that. Um, you know, what a fucking prick. Um, but fast forward to when Colin's about 21. Colin is absolutely enormous. He's one of the biggest human beings I've ever met. And he's now doing some security work at this fancy leather shop in Glasgow. And... Um, Barry Ferguson comes in with his entourage, and Barry, Barry Ferguson, like he is, is being a fucking prick, and he's being a prick to the lassie on the um, the till, and just being a general cunt here, you know, all that, and he's he's giving it the big end because he's with there with his entourage of, you know, a couple of security guards, because he's Barry Ferguson and it is Glasgow, and Colin just goes to Barry Ferguson and basically tells him in the simplest terms to fuck off and get out of the shop, and Barry Ferguson's like, what, you can't say that to me, blah, blah, blah. who the fuck do you think you are, blah, blah. and Barry Ferguson's uh, big security guards took one look at Colin and went... Uh, yeah, Mr. Ferguson, I think we should leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Contrast that with another story. It's Colin again, and he must be about three. And they're in a, a pub or a restaurant somewhere. Um, his mum and dad have taken him to the, this like pub or restaurant. And Ali McCoist, and I can, I can never remember the other footballer, but it was a footballer who was good pals with Ali McCoist. They're in the bar, and he was only like three or four, so he kind of, he, he's like, oh, can I, you know, can I go speak to Mr. McCoist? And he goes up to him, and he's expecting, like, probably, like, I think the parents were expecting a ruffle on the head, and like, oh, you know, nice to meet you, yeah, son, yeah, yeah. back to see. Ali McCoist and his pal took him there for, um, uh, had him for like 15 minutes talking to him went to um, the mum and dad oh, can, can we get him a wee, uh, wee juice a wee can of coke and bought him a drink in that um, when he was in the bar and we're just absolutely fucking brand new with him um, so contrast that with the like Ali, Ali yeah, McCoyst that, that like doesn't surprise me about either of them it doesn't surprise me that Ali McCoyst was brilliant like that and it doesn't surprise me that Barry Ferguson was a cunt like that yeah so two sides of the yeah, yeah. the range of spectrum there I think. <laughs> 
That's very good. Well, listen, celebrities have got a decent airing there, haven't we? Is there anything else? Uh, anything else caught your eye? Uh, I mean, we can we can we can decide uh, we can decide we've had enough now. Or we can we can quickly check in on what Florida man's been doing lately. Yeah, why don't we check in what Florida's? I think we've 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 kind of said like this celebrity court case is a very niche thing, and because of that, we have these perception of all the celebrities that we've just spoken about. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have a court case. Maybe we'd have a different perception of Barry Ferguson than we would to Ali McCoy's if they were yeah. you know on trial for the same crime. Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of thing, I think, it was the kind of thing. We yeah, I think to, uh, I think that's our theme, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So what what I found out that Florida man's been getting up to lately is Florida man's been picking a fight with Mike Tyson on a plane. <gasps> it was that guy from Florida. He was a Florida man. Yes. What a fucking idiot, by the way. He um, threw a water bottle and like basically harassed and battled Mike Tyson on a flight at forty thousand feet. A caged box. And Mike Tyson of all people as well. I mean, fucking hell! It wasn't. You know what struck me about the story? It was. It wasn't even like a like a uh, like a decent airline. It was JetBlue, which is I think like the like the American equivalent of Ryanair or something. They're like a no. They're like a airline over here. They're like a Romanian kind of thing. Are they? Um, oh, yeah, but they're sort of like they're. When they're, I was speaking to them, they were Romanian. They're a relatively <laughs> they're a relatively budget airline, aren't they? They're not like uh, it's not like uh, first class on Emirates, is it? No, yeah. So I was surpri- like I'm surprised that surprised that Mike Tyson's on a flight on a budget airline. Fair play to him. I mean, I know he's a rapist in that. But... <laughs> yeah, so Fl- Florida Man continues to impress with the things that well, you would like never, never believe that anyone else would do. Is Florida the place that that Roe v. Wade thing's going on? Or is that, am I making that up? I Roe don't. Roe v. Wade, a different state. Roe v. Wade is a national thing. The issue is, is that Roe v. Wade is like a federal judgment by the Supreme Court. But what's going to happen is that... Um, various local cases can then be referred to the Supreme Court, um, so it might the, the 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 latest hearing might have emanated in Florida. I'm not entirely sure. Florida's yes. all over the news for being homophobic and uh, and racist in the way it runs its education process. So maybe it's doing Roe v. Wade as well. Right. Okay. But no, um, I'm glad that guy got a punch in the face. From yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's lucky that Mike Tyson's a spent force these days. That could have gone a lot worse for him. If he'd done that to Mike Tyson in about 1987, his fucking head would have been removed. <laughs> well, I think we've given our subject a bit of a fair hearing, and I think we've, um, you know, people who tune into this don't just tune in so that we can talk about the main topic. They like to see us ramble off and change the subject a couple of times, which I think we did as well. So I think we've given the public what they want this time, like uh, like celebrities are meant to do, not that we're celebrities. Um, so I think that's probably us, mate. Lovely. This was The Adamsons versus The Celebrity Court Case. Next time, it will be The Adamsons versus something else. The music was District 4 by Kevin MacLeod. Look forward to speaking to you next time.